0: Thank you, Pastor Aaron. I, do, I really do mean it. Uh, I really appreciate your openness to have us here, Pastor Aaron and the elders for allowing us to come. Uh, let me introduce Becky to you. Becky, if you'd stand. Some of you know Becky from a long time. Some of you are just getting to, some of you perhaps haven't met her at all. Is it okay if I move holy furniture in this house? I don't want to move any holy furniture. God might strike me. And I was thinking, looking at these youngsters, the young kids here, I was coming to this church about 25, 30 years ago when some of the parents were these little ones. And uh, we've got a long history with, with your church. You are in our heart. We love you very much. And we're so thankful that we can have an ongoing relationship with you. I'm so glad that uh, God is doing some great things here at Ascension. So let's pray. Lord, uh, show us your truth and show us your word. I pray that your spirit would take and use this vessel to bring your word to this people. I pray for an open heaven above us. I pray for an open mouth on my part and open ears for those who would hear the word today. Transform us as a result of being here and sitting under your word in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. A couple pictures I want to show you because I have grandfather bragging rights. Uh, This is our family. Uh, Some of you know Scott. This was last month when Scott and Samantha got married in upstate New York. They met at Elam Bible Institute. And Scott is the youngest. Some of you may remember Scott when he was running around here like a wild man. Now he's 21 and he's less of a wild man, but he's still a wild man. Um, Next one, these are our four kids. Natalie is on the right, Um, she lives in Minnesota. Jody is our second daughter, she's married and she's a teacher, Natalie's a nurse. And uh, Jody's a teacher and she lives in Durham, North Carolina. Married to Ian who's going to Duke University. Our third daughter, um, uh, Erin, is here and she is living in Guadalajara, Mexico. She's bilingual. And then, of course, Scott just got married. Did I say that all right, Becky? Okay. Okay. Just want to be sure. So that's a little bit about uh, how our family's been growing. Uh, I'd like to share with you a message about prophetic encouragement. Now, you might know what prophetic is, and you might know what encouragement is. I'm smashing them together today because I believe that prophetic encouragement is vital for your spiritual life what is prophetic encouragement here's a definition for you and the guys with the slides will just uh, click along with us to define what we're talking about this morning prophetic encouragement is the act of speaking over an individual the intention and perspective of God affirming their identity and destiny in God So it's not just encouragement, but prophetic encouragement containing the very mind and perspective of Jesus for a person. Now, we all live in a world, we all live in the same world, in a society, a system that feeds us negativity all the time. Negativity about our future, negativity about who we are. The world around us can affect us and drag us down. We have a mind that sometimes tells us we're no good. We can't be used by God. God has no plan for us. God probably doesn't even love us. God doesn't see us. And we have a battle within, in between our two ears, oftentimes. And we have, sometimes, other Christians can knowingly or unknowingly speak death and discouragement over us. Have you ever gone to church hoping to get a good word from God and left feeling a little bit worse than when you came? Don't raise your hands. It happens all too often. Why? Because we have not learned how to be God's mouthpiece to one another. So God's given us as a church a powerful tool in prophetic encouragement. And I believe it's a key to us walking in our destiny as believers. Some of you know Denver Jones, uh, my father-in-law. He lived here for a while. He was a part of this church uh, quite a while ago. But he was a minister and church planter all over the, the Midwest. And he said, Sonny, many a minister has been saved by one simple and timely word of encouragement. It's absolutely true. And you know what? He was speaking out of his own personal experience. A lot of people are walking around like dry sponges spiritually. And if we just sprinkle a little of God's truth and love on them, they'll suck it right up. Why? Because we live in a world that is negative and it it thinks other things. And many times you might not think it, but ministers uh, and church leaders need prophetic encouragement as well. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue, everyone say tongue. The, tongue. the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So, by the very words you speak, you can speak life over someone or you can speak death over someone. I would like to encourage you to be open to the Lord to be used by him to bring prophetic encouragement to other people. A lot of times when we have a prophet in or someone who's going to be prophesying over people, everyone wants to receive a prophecy. Everyone, let the man of God pray for me. But I'd like to challenge that because Paul said, he says, I want you all to prophesy. In other words, not being concerned about receiving a prophecy, but being concerned about, Lord, use me to speak life over someone. Three things you should know about prophetic encouragement very quickly. God initiated it in the beginning. God is into prophetic encouragement. So sin entered the world, and God is passing out judgment to Adam, Eve and the serpent but right in the middle of that whole bad news experience he gives a sliver of hope he said the seed of the woman is gonna crush your head serpent of course he was talking about the coming Messiah God from the very beginning spoke prophetic encouragement the other thing you need to know is Jesus modeled prophetic encouragement you know, how would you like to be the perfect son of God, enjoying all the heaven of, glory of heaven, and be sent down to this world? You would be tempted to have a bad attitude. But when Jesus met a Nathanael, and he was about to call him to be one of his disciples, Nathanael said, hey, Jesus from Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He was racist. That was a very politically incorrect thing to say. And because he was about to meet a Nazarene who would change his life Jesus. And Jesus says, Hey, here he comes. Here is an Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Prophetic encouragement. Bam. Jesus did this regularly. If you read the Gospels with a lens of how did Jesus speak into people's lives, the destiny of God, it's all through the Gospels. And thirdly, the early church was strengthened by it. It says in Hebrews 10, you should know the Scripture. As a matter of fact, you're practicing the Scripture right now. And let us, not, let us consider how to, how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So here the writer of Hebrews is saying, meet together and spur one another on. If you've ever ridden a horse with spur, and you've got spurs attached to the back of your heels, all you've got to do is you know, give a little touch in the ribcage of that horse, and you'll get their attention. And sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes when we're interacting with one another, we need to take some spurs and, and, you know, sometimes we don't even touch one another. We don't get close to one another. But when we're together, spur one another on to love and good deeds. Encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, prophetic encouragement is not simply paying someone a compliment on a natural level. It is prophetic. It declares heaven's specific perspective and it inspires faith. It says in First Corinthians 14, 1 and 3, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of what? Especially the gift of prophecy. And the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Uh, here's, Here's the challenge for your church. Opinion taints prophecy. Let me say that again. Opinion taints prophecy. The more you are familiar with the people around you, and as I look around, a lot of you are very familiar with the people around you, the more challenging this might be because you have history and opinion right and sometimes when i'm speaking a prophetic encouragement over someone it is the last thing that i want to say but i know god is saying it i have to say this goes way beyond my opinion because what prophetic encouragement is is doing is it's bypassing sonny mazar's little old opinion about a person or a situation, and it's speaking heaven's opinion. And how many of you know heaven and God always has something good, encouraging, and strengthening to say? God's got a much better opinion about the person sitting next to you than you do right now. Let me just tell you. So don't let your own familiarity taint this good gift. Uh, as a, as our church was growing in Minnesota, and it was attracting a lot of college students, a young man got saved, and he was just zealous for the Lord. As a matter of fact, he's in ministry now, and his name um, his name doesn't matter. But he, he every time <laughs> his name was Aaron. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and every time I would walk into church, Aaron, uh, Pastor Aaron, this this guy, this Aaron, would say, "Sonny, that's a nice sport coat you've got on. That's really cool." And every time he would say hi to me or greet me, it was always about what I was wearing. And I really got really tired of it. <laughs> and I said, "Aaron, let me gently help you. I know you want to be encouraging." But I want to challenge you to begin to use your mouth to speak to people on a deeper level. Not just, "Hey, you've got nice hair, nice jewelry, nice threads." You know, enough. That's that's what the world that comes easy to the world. As believers in the body of Christ, we're called to something more significant. Come on, am I talking to anyone today? Let our conversation go deeper than, hey, how's your car running today? I mean, in Minnesota, we talk about how's your car running. It's just one of the things we do. we got to go deeper, people. As the body of Christ, we can be used with prophetic encouragement. And I want to just ask you to plug in to what God is saying to you for someone else. Amen? So there's tremendous power, even in the Old Covenant, Now we enjoy the new covenant where the Holy Spirit is poured out. But even in the old covenant, this was what was said. Isaiah 35. This was Isaiah speaking to God's people even in the midst of the difficulty that they were going through. Strengthen the feeble hands. How many of you spiritually have gone through times where like, I just can't do anything else. Yeah, I have. How many of you have, steady the knees that give way. Sometimes we feel that way spiritually. It's like, God, I can't even stand up spiritually. And this is what he says in how to help these people. He says, say to those. Everyone say that. Say to those. One more time. Say to those with fearful hearts. Be strong. Here it comes. This is prophetic encouragement. Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And that should help your day really great. If you're wobbly spiritually, and someone comes up to you and says, you know, I know you're struggling with something, but I want to tell you, God is going to fight for you. He's going to pull you through. He's going to save you. God just wanted me to tell you that feels pretty good doesn't it (laughs) it's in the word of god and you might say well i'm not a prophet nor am i the son of a prophet you know i can't say thus saith the lord i can't go around prophesying to people if you have a nugget from the word of god like you just heard these kids give you may not be a prophet but you can get something life-giving out of here so, if you've got this, you can do what I'm talking about. Say to those around you, God will save you. He will, he will um, r- deliver you. You know what? Often this comes in the form of prayer. A lot of times when I'm praying for people, and we're going to end the service uh, today with praying for the young people who are here. So, I'm really excited to do that. And a lot of times... Uh, Manfred, when I'm praying for someone, that's when God begins to download his heart. I may not have anything, but I'll say, can I pray for you? And I'll just begin to pray for them. And you know, it's a powerful thing when you're praying with your ears on. You know what I'm talking about? Pray with your ears on. Like, okay, God, I can pray eeny, meeny, miny, mo for this person, but what is your heart for this person? That's when, the, that's when heaven starts to speak. And that's through prayer, that's when prophetic encouragement really can flow. And when, we, when Becky and I travel to places, sometimes we have no idea anything about the people we're praying for. And that's exciting. Because we have no idea who they are. Okay, I'm going to share with you a, an incredible story just to illustrate uh, prophetic encouragement. Is that okay? Alright, here we go. Now this, uh, kids, I know young people, you're here. This is a pretty exciting story. And if you have your Bible open, it's 1 Samuel chapter 25. This is the story of David and Abigail. How many of you are familiar with this story? It's, it's kind of an obscure story. But David was at this time in his life running from King Saul. King Saul was jealous of David. And because of that, he would, from time to time, chase David around the wilderness. David was hiding in caves for his life and really eking out an existence in the wilderness. And uh, it was culture of that time that during uh, harvest time and sheep shearing time that the farmers around would offer their their gleanings and their, um, you know, their wealth to some of the, the nomads around there. Well, David was living a very nomadic life. And uh, so David says, tell you what, go over to Nabal. He's a very rich guy. He's got tons of herds and we've been protecting those herds as we've been living. We haven't touched his herds. We haven't stolen from him. Now that it's she- shearing time, go down there to Nabal and say, hey, can you give us an offering? Well, David sends a couple of his guys down and Nabal says, you know, he, he totally rejects them. Okay, let, let's pick it up right there in the story in verse 10. Ready? If you're there, 1 Samuel 25, verse, verse 10. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David and who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. See, Nabal said David's just a renegade. He's just a rebel. Why should I take my bread and water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shears and give them to someone coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, uh, they reported every word, and David said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. David was going to get ugly. And and if there was anyone who knew how to get ugly for God, (laughs) it was David. David was going to strap on his sword with his his mighty men, and they were just going to go wipe this guy out. Everyone, strap on your sword. So they did. And David strapped on his sword as well. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 men stayed with the supplies. Verse 14, One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near, near them, nothing was missing. Night and day they were like a wall around us the whole time we were herding the sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sillas of roasted grain. I'll tell you, she was quick. She was quick in the kitchen. A hundred cakes of raisins and two hundred cakes of pressed figs and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead and I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into the mountain ravine where David and his men were descending toward her. Can you imagine? David is on a death charge with his 400 men all with swords you know ready to kill and here she comes up the ravine to offer this to them and they meet there verse 21 David had just said it's been useless all my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness so that nothing of his was missing he paid me back evil for good May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. Here we go. The first thing you know need to know about prophetic encouragement is prophetic encouragement addresses our ungodly inner vows. David had an ungodly inner vow. He said, I'm going to wipe them all out. And while he was charging down there, it was one word of prophetic encouragement that got him to uh, stop and reconsider the situation. I was into ministry about 10 years and I hit an emotional brick wall. I told Becky, it was one of those conversations that pastors have only with their wives. I told Becky, I said, I don't want to do ministry anymore. I can't do it. Emotionally, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm done. And uh, I'd, I'd rather go sell shoes or do something more benign than ministry. And she said, Sonny, that's not at all what God has called you to do. God has called you to pastor a large, vibrant, local church that touches the ends of the world. And with that one <laughs> word from my good wife, See, God called me into the ministry. Becky kept me in the ministry. With that one word of prophetic encouragement, my world began to change. Thank God. And you've received prophetic encouragement. It you have got to understand that when you receive prophetic encouragement, you when you're speaking it, you may be going against vows that people have made inside their life, inside their own hearts. So it's it's frontline stuff. The story goes on. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell to his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention to my Lord, the wicked man Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means what? Fool. How would you like to live with a name like fool? Fool. And Abigail, say, hey, he's just living up to his name. Number two, prophetic encouragement resets our perspective. David was a king about to act like a fool. Hear me. Nabal was a fool trying to act like a king. And when we, when we get our minds all screwed around that, that whole perspective the worst thing spiritually that we can lose is perspective because faith is often tied to perspective. Perspective is seeing things right. And faith is seeing, right, yet what is, what is to come in God. So prophetic encouragement helps us get our perspective reset. I remember visiting a girl by the name of, a girl, an older woman in her probably 90s, on her deathbed, literally. Um, she was a girl in her 90s. Uh, she, a faithful member of our church. She stood at the front doors of our church every Sunday and handed out bulletins. Irma Phillips, Bob and Nancy Phillips' mom, Bob's mom. And uh, she would get there really early and collate all the bulletins, hand them out. And um, until, you know, she, she literally was falling over in the church. That's when we said, had to say, Irma, you can't do this anymore. You're falling over. Well, she was on her deathbed. She had a stroke. And Becky and I went to go visit her. Unbeknownst to really anyone ex- except for Becky, I was in a terrible place. And I went to go see Irma. And uh, this is a, not the same terrible place I was describing earlier. This is a different terrible place. <laughs> so... I was in a pretty bad state of affairs, but you know, as a pastor, you got to keep doing the ministry. So I was there visiting her, and she was in rough shape. She she sat up in bed, and she grabbed my hand, and she said, "Sonny, remember this, Becky. You are a good pastor. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Keep going." You're the man of God. God's called you to this place. And I'm like, I feel like I plugged my finger into the light socket. And after she prophesied over me, she laid back down and she died the next morning. I want to tell you, prophetic encouragement resets our perspective. Okay. Okay. Pick up in verse 25. And as for me, your servant did not see your men. And now, my Lord, as as surely as the Lord your God lives, and as soon and as surely as you live since, the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands. May your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought, to my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. Prophetic, number three, prophetic encouragement inspires us unto godly character. If you're going to be used to speak to people in the area of prophetic encouragement, it's always going to call them up to a higher plane. David was about to avenge himself with his own hands and Abigail says, David, you don't need to. When you are being used by God to, to speak into someone's life, don't be surprised if it calls you to a higher place. It says in Psalm thirty-seven, thirty, "The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just." Pick it up. Pick up our story in verse twenty-eight. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my lord. This is still Abigail talking to David, right in the valley. And, and listen to what she unpacks. The Lord is going to make a dynasty for my David was still living in caves. He was eking out an existence by offerings given to him by random people. And Abigail is prophesying over David some stuff that he probably hasn't heard since the man of God anointed him with oil as a shepherd boy. A lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles. And no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live, even though someone's pursuing you to take your life. The life, my Lord, will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies will be hurled away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him, has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience a staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having to avenge himself. And when the Lord, your God, has brought my Lord's success, remember your servant. Number four, if you're going to function in prophetic encouragement, you have to know that it reminds us of our identity and destiny in God. If you hear nothing else, this is the biggest thing. Why don't we live up to our full potential spiritually? Because we we don't have affirmed over us enough our identity in God and our destiny in God. Because we forget that. We We know that we have feet of clay. We know that we sin sometimes. We know that we kick the dog sometimes. We know that we're imperfect. But here Abigail is saying, I want to tell you who God says you are. Abigail knew by revelation just who David was and what God had called him to. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Pause right there. Look around this church. You are a church family right here, right now. Look around. This is what I was challenging that young man about. Don't regard me based on my suit coat. (laughs) Don't regard me from a worldly point of view. Let's see one another as the instruments of God as we truly are. This is the beauty of the local church. When we get together, we get to affirm who God is and who God is in one another. Don't just see one another from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's the essence of who we are sitting in this room as as believers. We have to see one another through heaven's eyes. We have to see that the person sitting next to you has redemptive potential. Now, we were driving through Indianapolis yesterday on our way through here. And I, I, we, were, we got off the highway for a while and we were driving. We had to stop and get some gas. And I turned over to Becky in, and, and, uh, I think we were in southern Indianapolis. I said, we are no, uh, we are no longer, this isn't Kansas, Toto. I told her, I said, this is no longer Kansas, Toto. Uh, Because there were some people around us who looked like they were strung out on meth. They were a mess, staggering down the street, and really looking rough. And I have to tell you, in my natural mind, I make judgments. I regard people from a natural point of view. God is calling us to see people with redemptive potential, What is is God going to do for this person? I want to agree with that. Let that be my message from this person's life. All right. We're almost done. Verse 32. David said to Abigail, here's his big reply. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment, for, for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would be, have been left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought to him and, and said, Go home in peace, I have heard your words and granted your request. Number five, prophetic encouragement literally saves lives. It does. And I know I, I spoke about Denver saying one word of encouragement has been known to save a minister and a ministry. But you know what? You never know who you may be speaking to. Someone who you speak to, a simple, kind word of encouragement. You know, Paul, you know this to be true. Prophetic encouragement is a lifeline. Sometimes, when people are at the end of their rope, the only thing they have to hold on to is something uh, life-giving that you spoke to them. It saves lives. It says in Proverbs 10.21, "...the lips of the righteous nourish many." I love that. I love that picture. But fools die for lack of sense. Now the rest of the story. Now, if that was the end of this David and Abigail story, that would be pretty cool. As Paul Harvey says, now the rest of the story. Because prophetic encouragement always goes beyond our expectations. Look at what it says. When Abigail went to Nabal, verse 36, he was in that house holding a banquet like that of a king remember i told you he was a fool acting like a king his spirits were high he was very drunk so she told him nothing at all until daybreak in the morning i bet he had a headache when nabal was sober his wife told him all these things and his heart failed him and he became like a stone about 10 days later the lord struck nabal and he died When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, praise be to the Lord uh, who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal wrongdoing down on his own head. Then here we go. This is it. This is the love story. Okay, I want you to listen to the violins playing. Hear the violins playing? Then David sent word to Abigail asking her to become his wife. It's, the Bible says that Abigail was a fox. That's Sonny's modern translation. But your Bible says that Abigail was a wise and very beautiful woman. And so uh, his servants came to Carmel with Abigail. David sends us to take you to become his wife. She bowed her face to the ground and said, I am your servant. I'm ready to serve you and wash the feet of my Lord's servants. Number six, and finally, prophetic encouragement always accomplishes more than we expect. Becky, do you want to tell your brief story about that? Alright, after Becky tells a story, can she grab one of these mics? This one? Becky's got a story to illustrate this last point about how it accomplishes more, and then we're going to pray for the children.
1: Great to be with you this morning. So 2004, not long after my dad had passed away, we were at a church uh, picnic in the backyard of the church, and we came home from that event, and I was writing a letter, and I had my hand up on the table, and I glanced over at my hand and noticed the diamond in my wedding room it was gone. And uh, just the, the empty prongs there, like void, <laughs> you know, of anything, and I. And so a search ensued, and we went uh, everywhere we could think that I might have been to find it and uh, concluded it must be somewhere in the backyard of the the church and gone forever. So, um, you know, comparing to the loss of of Dad, we thought, you know, this is just a thing, and we'll just take it off, put it on a shelf, and leave it there and not worry about it. So... um, I hadn't told anybody except one friend that called a couple days later and just happened to ask, is there any way I can pray for you? I said, well, you know, come to think of it, I lost my wedding ring, the diamond, and I'd I love to find it. It's not a big deal, but yeah, you can pray for that. So not too long after that, Sonny came home from church. He had been working in his office and came home and, and he said, I have something for you. office and just simply said, God sees what you've been through. He knows, you know, just like a diamond goes through a process of heat and pressure and cutting and pain to reveal its brilliance. God's hand is on you. He's doing something beautiful. He wants you to display his splendor like you cannot imagine. Mm -hmm. Just praying and and speaking that over her. And uh, so when I received this diamond from this woman in particular, that all came back to me. And it was just like, full circle, and thank you, God, for the very personal, encouraging, gracious Father he is to us, that the insignificant things he knows us down to the number of hairs
0: on our head. And uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. My story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> thank you. You know,
1: uh,
0: when, when you're used by the Lord in prophetic encouragement, it fulfills Ephesians 4.29 and 5.19, which says, Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouths, but what is helpful for the building up of, of one in need, and bringing grace to those who listen. And then it says, Be filled with the Spirit. Now as charismatics we say, Be filled with the Spirit. Speak in tongues. That's not what this verse says. Although, speaking in tongues is great. What does it say the fruit of being filled with the Spirit is? Speaking to one another. Get this. Don't, 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 don't miss this. When you're, when, you're over, or when you're bubbling with the Spirit, the result is you're going to bless those around you. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. See, that's the beauty of what God's given us as a body of Christ. Now, uh, we're going to pray for the... the children and young people here but this is what i would like to do and aaron with your permission this is what i I feel god's led us to do is that to have the parents stand behind the kids and your kids stand in front of you why i can pray and bless these kids but what's more important is that you regularly lay your hands on your kids Uh, Not to whack them or spank them, although that might be important too. But regularly lay your hands on your kids to bless them. Because the the parental blessing, uh, in particular the Father's blessing, is huge. Um, Okay, so why don't we come forward. Uh, The kids can line up and then the parents right behind them. And we're going to just pray God's blessing on you all. Do you want to join us? All right, kids, face this way, please. I want, I want the kids facing this way. Parents right behind. All the way across the front. This is great. And if, if your parent isn't here today, just kind of go in with another family. That's, that's awesome. As I said before, a lot of you are now parents when you used to be the little, little ones running around here. It's really neat to see this. Alright, wow, this is awesome. Alright, let's, let's try to cram in, in here so there's only one row if we can. Alright, in scripture, in Scripture it speaks of the laying on of hands as a form of blessing someone setting them apart for God's use. And uh, Pastor Aaron has asked me to do this, and Becky and I are just going to make our way down um, and uh, pray. Uh, If I prayed 10 minutes over each of you, which I would love to do, we would be here until 5 p.m., but um, we're going to see if God has any word to speak over you. uh, um, But we do want to lay hands on each of you and pray God's blessing. Okay? Becky, let's start on this side and we'll just kind of work our way down. Now, if you're sitting out there, please join us in prayer. You know, just where you're at. Just be engaged if you would during this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we we lay our hands, our hands upon these little ones, and we say, The Lord Jesus bless you, and may He um, call you to his purpose early in life. May you learn to hear the voice of God. May you learn to hear. The will of God this young man is going to have spiritual ears that are, that are going to hear um, specifically the things of God and the Lord is going to use you to beautify uh, things around you he's going to give you a real artistic flair he's going to give you the ability to um, yeah just make environments beautiful God bless you guys Lord bless this family Lord what you have blessed we agree with your your hand upon these um, children and we say bless them bless mom and dad and allow them to be wise parents as they raise these kids in all of your good ways thank you Lord thank you Father thank you for your abundant grace upon them all in Jesus name Lord bless these these students these youth Lord thank you that you have um, set them apart Lord, that what You have blessed, we're blessing right now. Bless these parents and allow them to be part of the ongoing blessing uh, for these children. Thank You, Lord. Lord, I thank You that You've given many gifts. I just see a lot of giftedness here in this family. And Mom and Dad, I just want to encourage You to call forth the gifts of God uh, not just the natural gifts, but the, the spiritual gifts in your kids because God wants to use them. In the name of Jesus, bless you guys. Lord, bless these uh, young people and bless mom and dad. Lord, thank you for bringing them to this church. Thank you that it's uh, becoming for them a place of learning, a place of refreshment, a place of challenge. And uh, Lord, that you are um, you're guiding their, their path. And Lord, I pray for mom and dad that as they have prayed for the blessing, the, um, I just get a strong sense that you have prayed for God's spiritual direction in your life. And recently he's begun to show you that. And there's new things opening up for you guys that you didn't know even existed. But the Lord just wants to encourage you to go for it. Do not be hesitant spiritually. Don't be afraid to move into places that are new uh, in God because the blessing is not only for you, but it's for the children. Bless you guys with spiritual courage to be used by Him. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you in Jesus' name. Jenny, I remember when you were in our church just as a young woman ministering and, and uh, now God has made you a mother and a wife and what a joy it is to lay hands on your kids and to see that the, the blessing and the calling and the gifts that you guys have on your lives are also in your kids, just like Paul told Timothy, the faith that was in grandma and, and your mother is now in you. And 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 now I see it in another generation. So bless you guys in Jesus' name. With all the wisdom of heaven. When you ask for wisdom, God will give it. The Lord's made you um, bold. uh, But the Lord wants me to remind you just a a bit of prophetic encouragement. With boldness comes wisdom uh, because they're twins. It's like left hand, right hand. You need wisdom if you're going to be bold. So. Just pray for for wisdom in how you um, go about life and relationships and family. Pray for God's wisdom with all your boldness in Jesus' name. Bless you. All right. Lord, bless this family. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace upon them. Thank you, Lord, that um, you have made this family a redemptive circle that you have uh, even... been writing a story in their lives of redemption and uh, how you have taken them from wrong paths and put them on your path. Lord, I thank you that that path has uh, been graced with children along the way uh, that get to sing redemptive songs. Bless you and bless your household with peace. Bless your household with order and uh, with great fruitfulness. Um, You'll be used to to shine uh, the light and the love of Christ to your peers around you. In Jesus' name, bless you. Bless you guys. <clears throat> Lord, uh, bless this family. Lord, I know just because we're living with them, I know they are people who love you. they are people who are um, concerned about living in all of your Your ways and so uh, uh, Jandan and Jed I pray God's blessing on you Uh, may all your creative um, gifts be used by God and may may he um, shine through all that you are and all the energies he's given you. Uh, Jim and Sharon God bless you as parents with wisdom and courage in these days. May your house be filled with joy and may the protection of the Lord be on you bless you guys. What a joy to pray with you guys. Elena, 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 can I pray for you?
1: (laughs) No, okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) Lord bless this household and I thank you that it is a household of faith. I thank you that each one of these and the baby yet to be born will be blessed by you. Thank you, Lord. Encourage them. And, uh, and even as they're expecting number three, uh, give mom and dad the, the strength that they need and uh, give them great joy in their household. Lord, as they raise up another generation of radical Jesus followers, uh, thank you, Lord. Bless them. Bless, bless grandma and grandpa as well. <laughs> Pray for you guys. All right, is it you? You three, okay. What's your name? Victoria. Victoria, what a great name! And what's your name? Andrew. Andrew, uh, Andrew and Victoria, we lay hands on you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you that, um, Lord, you have um, shown yourself to them and that you can continue to show your your grace to them. I thank you, Lord, for Victoria that you will lead her in victory in all. Uh, In all she does, in uh, the challenges that she's facing and and will face ahead. Victoria, I just want to encourage you with a little prophetic encouragement that there is a... uh, For every struggle you face, the Lord has victory in store for you. And as you seek Him, rather than focusing on the struggle, focus on him and say, okay, God, how, how do you want me to walk through this? He will deliver the victory and the strategy for walking through it. You're going to live up to your name. You're going to be victorious in a lot of different ways. The Lord's going to promote you and give you favor. Um, um, yeah, you're going to live up to your name. Bless this household, bless this family with peace and joy in the order of heaven, in Jesus' name. Bless you guys. It's a joy to pray with you guys what a beautiful family okay let's pray we bless you in jesus name and just as the lord has laid his hands on you uh, becky and i are laying our hands on you just to symbolize the the blessing and favor of god may your household be just filled with joy and contentment and peace And continued fruitfulness, even though there's three, I pray for more on the way. I don't know if I'm praying according to your will or not. I just am praying, I'm just talking as I'm hearing. And and Lord, I just uh, pray for continued blessing on this family, that they would know all your riches. And just as that little one dropped a a penny, I was hearing about money, about provision from the Lord, that um, the Lord does not want you to worry about dollars and cents just put your money in God's hands manage it according to his will and don't worry God is faithful he will provide and uh, actually in abundance in Jesus name God bless you I feel led to pray for your work I don't know anything about you and I don't want to know but I pray for your work situation what is your name Isaac Isaac. Uh, Isaac I pray for your work that God would give you great favor. And open doors and strategies to be wise about how to do things better. Lord, give this man favor in the eyes of his, his um, seniors, in, in the eyes of his boss, and even those around him laterally. Bless him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. What a joy to pray with you guys. <laughs> Amen. Lord, what an honor to pray. With this family. We're all in ministry, but this family has said a unique yes to your call to ministry. I pray your blessing upon them. This little newborn girl, bless her in Jesus' name. Aaron, I just speak God's blessing over you and his strength upon um, your heart. He's made you a strong man physically and. You have yet to see the strength of spirit and leadership that he is going to give you as you grow. Because it says that Jesus grew not only in knowledge and stature, but in favor with God and man. And I just expect that there's going to be a lot of divine favor and even human favor that's going to come in your direction. Don't be surprised when you see it. Uh, don't be surprised when God leads you through his doors of favor. Um, and uh, just gives you, yeah, his strategies for this church and for uh, even the business realm that you're involved in. Bless this family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good to be able to pray with you guys. What's your name?
1: Stephanie. Stephanie and?
0: Ryan. Ryan, okay. Bless these guys. Ryan and Stephanie, God bless you with the blessings of heaven. Lord, may they um, know your joy. May they know your favor. And um, Jesus says that the last will be first and the first will be last. And the Lord says, don't worry about trying to promote yourselves because promotion comes from the Lord. And um, just as David learned in today's Bible lesson, how um, actually the Lord fights his battles, the Lord goes before him, uh, the Lord's going to show you that as well. That's why Jesus said the last will actually become first. That's why he said the meek will inherit the earth. And the Lord says, don't do your life as the world does. Don't follow their pattern. God's called you to a heavenly pattern, and with it will come um, the steps that he, he has ahead for you. Bless you, Mom, in Jesus' name. Bless this family with peace. Bless you guys. Now, you were definitely one of the little ones running around here. Now, look look at what you've gone and done. This is beautiful. Good to see you. Lord, I thank you for this family, and I thank you for generational blessing that uh, you, Lord, have laid your hands on this family, that you have plans for this family, and, uh, Lord, that you've protected them, you've provided for them, and, uh, Lord, that you are... um, giving them great fruitfulness in the land of your planting. And the Lord says that you have been learning about how to walk by faith, and you've begun to see that people notice when you are a man of faith. And when people notice, they're not exactly sure how to respond to you. But the Lord says, um, in the past, you've been a silent witness, but the Lord's going to have you to actually speak out, Speak out why you're living the way you're living and speak your values and to not be um, uh, intimidated even to, in, a, in a circle of peers to speak about your faith. Bless this family with all the blessings of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.